Hi everyone and welcome to episode 55 of The Sweet Spot on a Farm. If this is your first episode and you have no idea what this podcast is about, it's all about health and food. And it's my search for an answer to how can we achieve healthy body and mind with the resources that are available to us locally. And I'm looking at what we can do to improve our health and what and how we eat to support it. I talk to some interesting guests who can provide us with the tools we need to lead a healthy, happy lifestyle that is personal to each and every one of us. I talk to natural health and fitness professionals, organic farmers, food producers, therapists and anyone whose business and life's mission it is to keep the rest of us healthy. I ask them about their work, their passions and their lifestyles and I wonder what they like to eat and we share cooking tips and plant-based recipes we can all easily make at home. And my guest today is a health food shop owner who's been in the business for many years. Today, I'm very happy to welcome Nature's Way, Jackie Maxwell. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. This is totally out of my comfort zone. Um, I don't think I've ever even listened to a podcast, let alone <laughs> do one. So, yeah, bear with me on this one, guys. But <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You're a great talker. Yeah. <laughs> Just pretend I'm a, I'm a customer at a shop, oh, well, as, as no, always. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be all right. <laughs> Can chat away. Um, and talking about the shop, actually, um, how did the shop start? Well, th- this shop is actually one of the oldest shops, health food stores in, in Northern Ireland. It's been here from 1978. I took over randomly today, 14 years ago. Um, so I worked in a health food store on the Lisburn Road for 12 years before I took this shop over. So I was a dancer and a gymnast as a child from I was six till I was 18. So I've always had an interest in health and fitness and healthy food and so on. So when I left school and everyone thought I was going to be a dancer and but through injuries, I kind of missed that track and I ended up being a travel agent. And I loved that, and it was great. But I worked beside a health food store, and so every lunchtime I was in there, you know, hooking and poking around the shelves, and I just loved it. And then about, I don't know, six months or so later, a job came up, and I thought, okay, yeah, I'm going to give this a go. And literally from the day and hour that I set foot in the place, that was it. That was I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So I was there for, oh, I suppose, six years in the shop. I worked in the clinic. Um, I worked closely with Yanda Fries, who was, you know a big person in my life and in my career and I, I worked very closely with him and I just was like a sponge I just absorbed all of his information I worked with another guy um, Frank McConaughey he was a elderly gentleman such a character you know sort of dicky bows and awfully awfully well gentleman one of life's greats actually and he was a homeopath and again I worked closely with him and both of them tried to get me into the practitioner side of things and you know be a nutritionist and go be a homeopath and but I just never really liked that one-to-one. It was the shop, it was the hustle and bustle, it was the ordering, the, you know, just day-to-day things happening. So I knew this shop had been for sale for a little while and I kind of, after 12 years of managing somewhere and thinking, right, well, I've got to the top of where I can get here. What's my next step? And I, I suppose it was naturally to find a shop. So I grew up in Dundonald, just up the road, and I always remember driving up and down this road and looking at the shop with the wee windows and so on. So, of course, I investigated, and in 2006, I took over with Paul. And the shop was, I suppose it was, had a great clientele, but it was tired. It was the previous owners, who I'm still very friendly with, and they still own the building, Robin and Eileen Vint. 
you know, they had lost heart. They were a bit elderly, and so it was just a bit, you know, it needed heart and soul. So I came in, and um, I had a member of staff that had worked here, and she knew the customers, and I kind of suppose just trying to find my feet for a year. Um, changed some, I think the first thing I did actually when I came in, they used to sell a year's supply of cod liver oil tablets for like eight ninety nine. I think the first day I've been the whole lot, because I thought, I just, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't sell that sort of cheap product. Of course, Paul at the time, my partner, he was like, you can't just throw stuff out. And But I was, I was just determined. I thought, you know, I've come from a certain level. I, ha- I have to... So I worked slowly, got to know the clients, got to know the customers, and sort of just tried to fit in in Ballyhackamore. And it's such a community area around here. It's great. It's, it's like a real family. So after a year, I thought, right, I need to make a change. We need to do a shop fit. We need to actually... I mean, the shelving was bubbly. It was products were falling off they were tilted the floor was wrecked the ceiling was falling down and I thought right if I need to make a go of this I need to so we closed for a couple of weeks um I had just given birth to Lily Rose who's just turned 13 so yes in the middle of giving birth I was on the phone to a builder (laughs) you know watch that hold on a second yeah I'm just gonna have a contraction here I'll phone you back in 10 minutes and it was literally literally a case of that I think I'd done my nesting in the shop Oh, and when I think back now, yeah, anyways, there's lots of stories to go with that. But yeah, it was pretty intense. So poor Lily Rose grew up in literally in my arms in the shop. And still to this day, people come in and say, you know, how's the baby? And I'm like, she's now 13, you know, so it's, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a real family kind of um, business. So anyways, I decided that I wanted to put a treatment room in. And um, so we put a treatment room in and I had six practitioners, I think it was, yeah, doing sort of Reiki, kinesiology, acupuncture, rheumatherapy. We, you know, I picked practitioners that all had different things and they all worked in different days and that was going really, really well. And then recession, I suppose, kicked in and um, people just didn't have the money to spend on treatments, I find. And unfortunately, the health food side of things started to you know slow down a little bit and homebrew in this shop is another big thing that I learnt um taking over a health food shop I kind of thought homebrew but again recession kicked in and that that was a massive part of this shop so we kind of grew that area a little bit and I had to just think well if it's made at home it's a bit more natural and we're the only shop in Northern Ireland again to do that so I had to capitalize on those things and I suppose diversify in those times because I think people you know weren't weren't spending as much time, money on their health and and so on but um yeah so we got through that but then we decided to close the treatment room and we knocked the shop down a bit and put homebrew in there to give us more room for the health food side of things and yeah it's just growing and there's constant I mean it's a great business to be in there are constantly new products um a lot of the time the products can be duplicated and again you've got to be careful you don't stock 50 types of vitamin c or 20 types of vitamin d because you just confuse everyone so i'm very selective i suppose in the products that i keep being in the trade now 25 26 years plus um i i am quite traditional with the products that i stick with ones that i know work um that box that i came through the door with 14 years ago are still those products i still recommend to this day um so yes it's new products um Again, I just find a lot of companies duplicate things an awful lot. So, and at being a small store, you have to you have to be careful on the sort of things that you bring in. You can't just have them sitting on the shelf. But it is great. Um, the vegan side of things in the last five years has just went off the scale, um, as, as you know. Um, so that's been another area that we've kind of grown in. But I've seen the trends. I don't know if you ever remember the Gillian McKeith story years ago. 
she was a she was a she wasn't a doctor as such but she was a program I can't remember the name of it right now but it was sort of anyway she had everyone eating pumpkin seeds this was oh I remember do you that. remember then, yeah was it the lady that transpired she bought her qualification on the internet yes it turned out yes oh oh, do you remember gosh. that yes, yeah I mean that I was do. years ago and the only good thing about it was my mother-in-law at the time was like could you bring me home pumpkin seeds and I'm thinking <laughs> you know so there's, I mean there's nothing wrong with pumpkin seeds no I know but it was just know? like <laughs> that was her thing for you know oh yeah so I've you know there's been lots of trends and things throughout the years but yeah it's great and I think people now especially with what's going on are really having to look at their their health and um their diet and um but yeah no it's it's a it's a great business and I still love it to this day you know do you know I have to say I I worked in a health food store for a little while Mm -hmm. and I there was part of me that absolutely loved it yeah it's I I I have OCD so I loved to organize okay you know like yeah. anytime order came in like putting things away and cleaning up the store that yeah. was like my OCD was in heaven but sometimes the long hours I mean I mean it was non-stop you would come in the store clean yeah. the store and then people would start coming in before you even finished and then orders would come in left, right, and center. Every day there was an order of some sort. And then constantly going through the shelf and reorder. And then dealing customers was, was the best thing. I actually, I totally, I'm not people's person, but in that store, I suddenly became that kind of person who can talk to strangers. Yeah. It took me a few weeks, but I really realized that actually it's awesome to talk it is, to strangers. It is really people. awesome. I absolutely love it. I mean, I've made many a friends over the years for, you know, through customers. Um, and I suppose when I took over here, there was a lot of an elderly clientele. And I mean, I couldn't tell you the amount of funerals I've been to over the years, and I've got that close. I've been to hospital to see people, you know, when they're ill, and you just build up that rapport. But I think when people are talking about their health, you're trying to get them to open up about their health. You kind of sometimes have to get on to a bit of a personal level in a way. And I mean, I could tell you the name of most people's dogs before I can tell you the name of them. Do you know what I mean? Or what's wrong with them? I'm not great with names, but I'll know exactly what. Okay, I recommended that. And yeah, so you have to build that bit of, I suppose, trust. And yeah, no, it's it's su- it's such fun as well. I mean, we have a total giggle in here every day. You have to, but. Um, yeah, that that one minute you're talking about menopause, the next minute you're talking about some somebody's dog and their stomach problem. You know, we deal with everything here. Um, so yeah, no, it is great, and I think that's what I love, and that's why I didn't want to go that practitioner route and you know just do that one to one on an hour consultation. I love involving the herbalism, you know, um, nutrition, you know, talking. You have to look at things holistically which is it and I'm very I suppose old school as far as protocol goes you know somebody walks in and goes you've got headaches well um, you have to look a bit deeper here so how's your diet how's your hormones you know it's there's not just there there's a painkiller you have to delve deeper and some people can be a bit oh well why are you asking that what do you mean what are you asking me what's wrong with my stomach I've told you've got a headache well let's get to your gut here and nine times out of ten it's you know it, it is gut um, or it's sugar or it's whatever and I'll never forget a little boy coming in about 16 you know kind of behind his mum that sort of teenage and his mum like he can't breathe he's got these sinus problems he's taking steroids from the doctor and he was at a consultant and you know this child I mean he was just so swollen looking and I, I said look there's there's obviously something else going on here and you can 
you know and I said so what about diet how about dairy one of my first things when it comes to sinus problems oh for goodness sake he may as well drink cow that boy never every time I look at him he's two litres and I says well there's your problem no we've been to every consultant and I'm like look do me a favour cut out all dairy for a week well what about his calcium and I'm like eat a handful of almonds for a week or so it's not going to do you any harm let's just cut out all dairy oh we couldn't do that and the little boy actually stood up and said well mum no I'll give it a go I'll try it and I said look oh, any chocolate you know any cheese any dairy just for a week just come back to me in a week's time didn't give him any products just away you go little boy came back on his own the week, next week and the difference I mean his just his whole posture he was just like I don't think I'll ever take dairy again and I'm like well it's not a case of that I'm not saying you're allergic to it but you've just been overloading yourself and that was a simple diet change yeah. and I will send someone out the door and tell them to change their diet before I'll give them a remedy because that's how it works you know it, there's not a I can't give you a plaster for something that's you know you gotta look deeper and fix it from inside and that's where this whole um, herbal medicine comes from so it's see and I always found this um, as a little bit of sort of sensitive side of working in a health food shop because um, I mean I'm not a practitioner of any kind I don't have that kind of education yeah. just yet yeah. Um back there I was just a shop assistant I mean I learn you learn a lot of yeah. things and I know a lot of things but I'm not qualified yeah. and then people would come into the shop and literally expect you to give oh, them a medical course. advice yeah, no, absolutely. and you kind of you part of me always felt bad that yeah. I can't really help them but I another part of me I, I don't want to go to jail for yeah. somebody doing you have to be totally them. honest it's a it's that, that's what I'm talking about protocol and being old school when I done my national association of health stores it's you know have you been to a doctor have you had a diagnosis are you on medication before I even think about talking any further so that's protocol so I suppose staff wise it's difficult I mean I've got two great girls I really have but starting someone new um, they come in and it's like you can't just stand and go through every product and tell them that vitamin C is for this that's that they'll never ever remember it's about just working in the shop and getting that sort of experience um, but yes you do find that people come in and expect you to I think I find a lot of the time um, it's a last resort for a lot of people so they've been to every consultant, they've taken every type of medication, been lots of doctors, done everything. And five years later, they walk into a health food shop and expect the shop assistant to wave a magic wand or give them one pill and that's it. And that's not what it's about. You have to go deeper. So it's a, a bit, by doing that, you have to be really brutally honest with people. Um, I mean, the CBD thing has been huge um, when it was released, I don't know, four or five years ago. And one of the main things, I think, was fibromyalgia. Most fibromyalgia patients you find were on anti-inflammatories, they're on stomach problems, they're then on antidepressants, they're on a muscle relaxant, and it's usually a concoction of medication. And people come to me, but oh, I don't know what's the CBD safe, and I'm like, look, guys, this is a herb taken from the earth. You know, look at the medication. And one lady actually, she was slurring her words. She was on that much medication. She was on morphine, oxycontin, oxynorm, lyrica. I mean, she was totally off her head, and I'm thinking. You know, so again, two weeks later, she came back to me saying, and I actually said to her that day, I had to be brutal with her and say, you know, look, you're slurring your words, and that's through medication. Because she, she interrogated me for like an hour over CBD and whatever. So I had to be brutal and just say, look, you know, I, I feel that, you know, and she was like, well, yeah, my family say that to me as well. And, and I said, so you've got to think about this. Let's let's see how it goes. So in the space of about a month or so, we got her off most of the medication. Her life had turned around. And you're right, she actually came in with a video on her phone 
showing me a video of her slurring, going, you were exactly right. And I'm like, that woman was just totally, you know, so much medication. She shouldn't have been driving, to be honest with you. And that's that's what you're up against. So you're, you you know, they, it was with working with Yann Freese again, they'd been to every doctor, every consultant, and they came to him thinking he was some miracle worker. And it's like, actually, guys, no, you've got to change your diet. You've got to do this. It's not just one product. So, yeah, it's um, that's what I love. That's what I love to try and get to people. But, yeah, it's, it is quite funny when someone comes in with, I don't know, a skin condition, and before you know it, you're treating their stomach, and they just can't get this. They're like, but why? Just give me a cream. And I'm like... That's the well. This yeah. is what we are educated into to expect to go to a doctor and get a magic pill of that course, will fix. Yeah. And sometimes we feel like the magic pill will fix it, but in reality, it's just a plaster for something that we yeah, need. To absolutely. But the thing treat. is, we it's always classed as alternative medicine, and it's not. It should be complementary medicine. We should work together. I'm the first person. You know, if, if you, I don't know, if you've got a severe headache and it's not very often, you need a painkiller, take it, you know, for goodness sake. You know, I'm not, I'm not a complete freak. <laughs> you know, I'm not. And, I, you know, there's a place and there's a time for it. I was really ill myself five years ago in hospital, you know, tubes in me. Of course, I was wanting to take morphine. I mean, you've got to be real. But I knew that was short term, you know. And actually, I believe I went through it to kind of let me understand when people are coming into me on all these medications. I kind of have a little a bit of experience about it and think, right, no, but you can get off these things, you know. So, yeah, but it should be complementary. And that's one of the things that bothers me a little bit when they say alternative medicine. It's like, no, let, let's call it complementary. Let's work together, you know, and, and a lot of the time that doesn't happen. But what do you do? Do you know, it did take me uh, many years to learn to use the word complementary instead of alternative Um, before I actually realized and understood the difference. And it is it is totally right. I mean, uh, there are so many different aspects that need to come together for an optimal health and that's something that we should be really educated into from a young age and we're, we haven't been which is quite scary yeah I mean yeah I remember my daughter doing home economics and um, of course that morning school she's like mom I need to get a list of things and I said right okay give me the list and I run into the shop and I grab a basket and it was like shredded wheat and um, mini eggs I think it was around Easter or something this is fourth year GCSE by the way um, home economics so there's Easter eggs and there was and I thought they're making Easter egg baskets. What, really? And I thought I'm not. I'm not buying this. And anyway, my daughter is. She's naturally vegetarian. She was near, almost vegan at the time. But I thought I'm not spending this money and all this stuff. And I went put all the stuff back and wrote this really cheeky letter to school, going, "This is fourth year GCSE, and you're teaching them Easter baskets. You know, literally like shredded wheat with chocolate. And I mean, it was just like, what are you teaching these children? You know, what happened to a good big pot of lentil soup? I mean, it was just... So, yeah, of course, that didn't go down too well at the next parents' You're meeting. the mother who's causing problems. Yeah, you know? I'm like, oh, you know, she's vegan. She doesn't eat milk chocolate. <laughs> anyway, she do these things. But, yeah, so it's... that. It needs to go back to education and school. It does, you know, they need to be taught a lot more nutrition. Saying that, my youngest daughter, last night, she just made a big pot of lentil soup for, for home economics. So it is changing. It's not... <laughs> it's not all schools. Maybe just a lazy teacher at one point. <laughs> oh but there God. you go. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but do you know, um, how do you keep with all the 
new products and trends. I, I know that you touched on it a little bit, but it's I, I find that there's all the time new yeah, stuff coming up. There's yeah. always something. I mean, part of the stuff that I really enjoyed in a health food store was whenever there was a new product and mainly food, we would always get samples and I test know, it yeah, and see if we wanted good. it in the shop. <laughs> yeah. I love that. We always like that. But then you get the same with like different supplements. It's like, well, I'm not going to test the supplement I don't need. Like, yes, well, that's I, true. You're not going to. Yeah. So how do you know that it's really It good? is a tough one and there are always things and that's where I suppose I touched on um, having having so much experience with products I there are certain key products that I always stick to so unless something really really good comes on the market and I think "Mm, I like that sometimes I'll I'll order one or two and I'll let a customer try it and just see you know right okay and unless they get amazing results then I I usually stick to what I know um because it's a minefield every every week there's but yeah I get loads of catalogs and the companies are really good I've again been really friendly with a lot of the reps from the last 20 years so when there's something new and exciting they'll be on the phone going right you need to have this so there's there's a lot of that that that's really good but yeah I mean I, I have to put myself back sometimes I'm thinking oh that's a nice range I could bring that in and I could do that but you know sometimes I'll sell loads of um cosmetic things and then they'll sit there for three months and they won't sell and so it, it, it yeah it's hard and there's no rhyme or reason to it retail I think you just yeah it's constantly changing talking about cosmetic thing I really love the fact that you've turned a lot of the shop into local products oh yeah, stuff yes. local I mean products. there's so much available now you know, even 14 years ago that that wasn't there um, and that's a huge thing now. I mean, Emma, the beekeeper, you've done a podcast with her. I think her, I mean, her stuff's just fabulous. It just flies out. And, know. you know, so, yeah, it's... I see that all the time because anytime I come in, sometimes I come in and you've just restocked and the shelf yeah. is, is full. The, the yeah. whole stand is full. And then a week later, yeah. I come in and half of it is gone. It's empty again today. <laughs> but she's great. Emma's fantastic with, um, I suppose, Facebook and Instagram. She's great with the platforms and that sort of thing. But And the reviews you get, you can't you can't. It's word of mouth. You know, look, I don't even advertise an awful lot. Um, I, I've never really done that you know even before times of Facebook and I think word of mouth is your best form of advertising if you can get it and that that just shows it's a genuine product that you have or you're a genuine person to um for people to keep coming back and that that's That's probably like that with anything not just cosmetics it's the same it's food it's supplements it's it's supplements you listen to the customers and you know because we're all like-minded people coming into health food stores you know customers are the ones that come to me and say there's right there's this new product I mean they're as good as anybody you know um coming and saying right I've seen this online or can you order that and I'm constantly getting messages at 10 o'clock at night I think Paul cracks up sometimes and I'm still answering people and he's going can you not do that now I'm like oh yeah okay <laughs> um so yes there, there is that but you look that's part of being a little small business you've got that real personal relationship with people and um I have the ability to go on at 10 at night and answer someone and usually they're like wow didn't expect that reply and I'm like <laughs> so yeah it's that's what's lovely but yeah Facebook Instagram those sort of they, they've been great they really have it's like a little community isn't it yeah, no, it is. It's um, it's some that I flip in and out of it. Sometimes I'm really good, and then sometimes I really struggle. <laughs> we have such laugh in here trying to write the simplest line. You know, <laughs> I'm not great with technology, as you're probably aware. We're actually in the process of setting up a website, which um, I'm a real retailer. 
a real retailer and this has been a big step and I, I'm the website I've been hesitant about but just with I think the way the world is going um, I, I have to do it I you know I have to go there so my eldest daughter Amy she's come on board and she's starting to help build the website as well so that's good but the guys are phoning me going right we need this and we need that and I'm like I only got rid of my fax machine two years ago I, I, I actually don't know what you're talking about oh and what is an SKU I mean I don't know and I, I don't really have any interest it's it's really bad <laughs> it's a bit but yeah yeah I literally was at the dump with my fax going I mean I write I used to write my orders out on a Sunday night and fax them on a Monday morning until up to two years ago so I'm old so old school so then the guys the website guys are right so what's your EPOS system I'm like um you I know my till my till is I just punch in the numbers and they're like <laughs> like really <laughs> so yeah I, I, I keep it real I like to keep it real <laughs> keep keeping it retro <laughs> That's what we say, but yeah, no. I uh, the longer technology stays away from me, the better. But, but do you know what? You're just I manage right. it. I yeah. mean, it is important, but you're 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 just focusing on the stuff that really matters, and that's your customers. Hundred percent. Yeah. The, the, the quality of the stuff that you. Yeah. You I don't stop. want to be sitting down here on this computer all day. You know what I mean? I, I just it's not for me. That's why I love the whole retail thing. So yeah, I mean it's great, and you know the girls are for me and go, we don't have any of that, and I'm like third corner third shelf um, behind such and such oh right there's there I mean it's literally which isn't great I've, I've realised even I suppose through the the pande- pandemic and when the real lockdown happened and it just went crazy in here and Lisa who works for me she had to go on furlough she's a little boy so um, then Helen come on board but it was just I realised I was a bit of a control freak because I was trying to do everything for everybody and I was getting I stupidly put on Facebook saying you know right we're going to close for a week we're just getting ourselves together I didn't even have time to get stuff on the shelves let alone or I was ordering stuff on an hourly basis so we closed for the week and I opened up on the Sunday said you know like anyone got a message just send me a list and I'll phone you back with <laughs> for your payment details so that by 2,000 messages later I went um actually yeah no that probably wasn't the best idea why don't you just ring it just was off the scale it was unbelievable I'd never experienced nobody had ever experienced anything like it I mean and I never thought I'd have to put you know notes in the shops and no more than two items per person um no you can't have three bags of flour I'm sorry you know what what yeah, it was just it was yeah unprecedented and I hate that word but anyway so it was <laughs> I think one time one of the times I think we must have been only shop in Northern Ireland that had flour and yeast and I opened the door and the queue was up to KFC and down Green Road and it was one bag of flour and one packet of yeast each and it was just it was quite sad actually it was very yeah it was, it was just like what is actually going on here but you know what, we got through it and um, we had so much support and it was great. And yeah, we're back to normal really, apart from the, I'm still sticking to the 10 to 4 for now. <laughs> In the hours, I'm doing the half 9 to half 5 at the minute. Um, does Do you find that now that it's the shop is properly reopened and yeah. people are able to come in, uh, do you find the business-wise, do you suffer at all if you had to, having to cut down hours or is it still... No, not at all. No, we that was the reason I suppose we cut down the hours as well because we just thought we couldn't have done it. It was so busy at the time. You, you know, it was, we were coming in still at half nine and doing sort of phone orders and postal orders and things like that and we really weren't getting out to half five or six by the time we were getting the shelves restocked at that point. So it was it was, it was, was pretty intense. Um, but yeah, no, it sort of, once the lockdown lifted, it sort of kind of went back to normal. Um and it hasn't, you know, I was waiting on another rush thinking, is this going to happen again? But I think people have, 
took a deep breath and realised, you know what, we're not going to run out of flour. <laughs> There's <laughs> enough toilet roll to go round. <laughs> Sounds like pretty hectic and stressful times, but I, I think that running your own business is stressful. Never mind yeah, no, pandemic. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it is. And I'm very lucky, I mean, Paul, my <clears throat> partner, he, he does all the paperwork and all that side of things. So yes, although I'm here every day and doing all that, that that would be a minefield for me so I have great support from home um you know Paul I think you were asking me about recipes I I don't really cook I'm just gonna be honest <laughs> honestly I don't I think I made my first pot of soup about three weeks ago so I'm now known as a soup queen it, Paul's just been there he's done it He he's amazing cook as well so I, I just kind of leave it to him so yeah I mean I can but I tend to not which is great well you it probably works. don't have the time because no, I, I remember it. I would come from the shop home at like half six and I would be completely wrecked yeah well it's mentally as well as physically people often ask me you know oh how how do you keep fit do you you know and yes I suppose I was dancer and gymnast and I've always tried to stay healthy that way but my exercise is this shop the two and three pallets that I get every week (laughs) you know the lifting of weight lifting a few hours a day that's that's how I keep fit so um yeah no it's people think oh you just work in a shop Mm -mm. health food shops not just a wee shop that you work in you know it's it's physical it's emotional um I mean only yesterday I was down in tears one of my customers lost her husband and you know I stood here blubbering for 10 minutes with her so there's that it's physical emotional it's happy it's it's just everything and I I just love it I I, I wouldn't change my career for anything do you know that that is like that's why I'm saying it's like a community because I do remember from my time in um, in the shop that um, it really is like a community hub like people would literally meet in the shop absolutely yeah yeah. Oh, I know. And then and would come and just talk to us. Sometimes even just for the purpose of talking 100%. to us. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. We get we get it all the time. And I suppose now with the pandemic and you, I do. I really miss that. The sort of two in and two out, and you yeah. look out and there's a queue, and you can't have that real conversation. But yeah. So I am missing that, and I just can't wait to till that all sort of lifts. But yeah. No. We're. I think everyone's sort of managing. But yeah. It's, it is community you know at times being like a drop-in center here you know <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah and I do that still now because I'm I mean yeah some of the customers still remember me from yeah. when I'm, whenever I worked there and and obviously I'm still friendly with the guys yeah. I worked with and with the owners so it's sometimes like hey Paul can I leave something there for such and such they're yeah, gonna pick yeah. it up tomorrow absolutely yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it's it is it's a real community you make friends for life I suppose yeah it's, it's um it's something else it's the one bit of advice that I would give to someone is pick a career that you love. Pick something that you do in your life that you actually get up every morning and get me wrong, which mornings I think I'd rather just stay in bed like everybody. But, you know, I, I absolutely love my job and I oh, I would I would hate to waking up and think, oh, work today again. You know, I just, I feel sorry for people in that. So that would be my one bit of advice or my motto, you know, pick a career that you love to do because it's a, it's a long life. You know? Yeah, yeah, it is. Sometimes it really takes time for people to figure out what they actually want to do. Uh, yeah, it's very tough, and it's only get tougher for people as well. I mean, yeah, when I left school, I was a travel agent. I actually really enjoyed it. I, you know, I thought it was kind of sending people off around the world here. This is great, you know. And then YTP, there was a YTP scheme here whenever we left school, so it was like a day release, and you got thirty five pounds a week. And you worked in the travel agents for four days and you went to tech for one day to learn about tourism or whatever. So you, And then you, you got a job for two years. But at the end of the two years, most of the employers thought, right, 
you're out get me another YTP one because you're qualified yeah. now I'll have to pay you more and that's kind of what happened and lucky enough the job in the health food store came up and I thought it just was all good timing it was obviously meant to be um, and literally as I say from the first hour I remember coming home that night from work thinking I love that that is what I want to do so yeah and that was at what 17 so I, I was very very lucky Were you not tempted when you started in a health food store were you not tempted to actually do another qualification go back to education and and become yeah. not necessarily be a practitioner but become well you yeah know. well that was the thing because actually frank mcconaughey that i spoke about he um was in it was like the association of homeopaths and because i'll be honest at, at school i i wasn't really educated i mean i all my teachers to this day i still get teachers coming in here and i was going to be the dancer that was it you know so any messages needed done the school i was i was up for it so i think i don't i don't even know if i turned up for half my gcse's because i was going to be a dancer that was that was just it so um yeah it was but i do i still i still my teacher jimmy jimmy myers he still comes into me and goes there's my dancer there's my dancer (laughs) but um I forgot even what you asked me what, where the question was going. Well, were you tempted to go back to? Well, yes, school? no, because well, I done so the National Association of Health Food Stores, so that I'd done that when I was working on a correspondence course. Lucky enough, um, at the time back in the nineties, like Solgar, Verity, you know, all the big companies would have held seminars for weekends. So I was constantly in London and in Manchester doing those sorts of courses, and some of them are are, are recognised. But I just I never wanted to specialise in one particular thing because I mm. thought I just loved the whole. I suppose naturopathy I could have done that. Um, I suppose what Jan de Vries was, but I don't know. I just once I took over the business, there was never really any time for that. And yeah. I worked full time in the other job. And at times there was, you know, 12, 13 hour shifts there whenever we had clinics and things on. So I suppose time wise, and I had my children quite young. And so and I've always really enjoyed quality family time. So when I'm not at work, we, you know, try to do that. So yeah, I never, I never, yeah, I never felt the need really. And I just think you can't, teach someone experience you know what I mean it's a lot of what I have is experience and you couldn't sit and teach someone that yeah is the thing and say when I get new staff and they're like what's this and I'm like you just have to be here and absorb it as we go along and listen in and that sort of thing because you can't sit you know I can stand here and go menopause is this and so yeah no it's it's good but no maybe maybe someday (laughs) there was something that you said there that um actually um triggered um, a question there um, you know when we were talking about supplements and um, the way that sometimes people who are maybe not a regular customers in a health food store but literally expect to come into a health food yeah. store and, and walk out with a um, with a bottle of, um, of um, some tincture yes, or, or a yes. bottle of pill or yeah, yeah. whatever and um, you, pr- I'm pretty sure you experience that on, da- on daily basis but I'm I remember um, the first time I witnessed one of the guys in the store um, actually <laughs> telling somebody who came in for the sole purpose of buying a particular bottle because they heard it's going to help them with their issue. Yeah. And um, I think it was Paul, he was standing there and saying to them, look, you're just going to waste money. Don't oh, buy this. Yes. And the guy was completely gobsmacked because yeah. I, well, I would actually expect you to want to sell it to make money. And Paul's like, well it would probably make sense but I'm not gonna sell you something I 
no you don't need no. you have to in a health food store you have to be that honest you literally do because you'll never get repeat customers you can't just sell something for the sake of doing it you know that that just comes with the territory and that's why I was saying about I'd rather send someone out telling them to change their diet slightly yeah um, no one especially if they've never been in a health food store and you can see they're a little bit cautious and you know you talk to them about diet and you can you know they're thinking well, I'm not cutting out those packet of crisps I have every night what are you talking about I'm talking about an itchy flaky scalp here and you're you're going by you ever, and you, you have you ever heard of yeast have you ever heard you know and you have and I, I suppose it's a bit educational for them too but yes you you yeah it's it you, you can't oversell in a health food shop you just can't do it it's just the wrong thing I, I couldn't sleep in my bed at night if I thought I sold someone just for the sake of making money and I've said the day and hour that this shop becomes about making money if that's a, so I can't do it it's not it's never been what it's about. I mean, my husband might say something, he just stays away. He's just kind of like, oh. But I, it couldn't be, it would never have worked. You know, it just it just wouldn't. I couldn't sell something that I didn't believe in. I think that's uh, that's a big part of why um, health food shops are such a big um, community because um, you do, with with the honesty yeah. and with being yeah. real with with the people, yeah. um, you get such a big customer base, and as you said, they do become friends. They Absolutely, do yeah. become a part of the yeah. community, and then come back mm-hmm. again and again. Yeah. And you get to learn um, about them and and, and yeah. their lives, and it just it's such a it really becomes such a big part of your life I know I mean I just even if I'm away on holiday and I see a health food store I'm straight into it oh my god <laughs> yeah, I know and it's ridiculous <laughs> do you know like the way the people when when they travel and go on holiday they like buy little items like earrings or oh, yeah. I don't know whatever like or <laughs> tacky things just because it's a particular thing that's associated with that place they visited I bring th- I, I bring health food the most random her- herbal stuff. tea that you can yeah, find like locally made olive oil I know, or like I know, handmade I know, I know. soap or something yeah. and like people look at me like I do you know I remember I had this massive argument one time I went on this holiday with um, one of my well ex uh, <laughs> partners um and it was uh, it was a holiday from hell but one of the one of the arguments we had on that holiday was that i really really wanted to visit a health food store there because yeah. they're different every yeah, they have course. different kind of things yeah. they they I, i'm just interested I'm, yeah. I'm just a health food store tourist yes it's, it's just a thing it is a thing <laughs> right we need to we need a, like, a club for that <laughs> yeah totally it is a thing you get inspiration yes, absolutely you learn new things the one thing that i love about it is so many people walk in here and go oh i love the smell of health food store i can't smell that here yeah but when i go into someone else's health yes! store i'm like i love the smell of a health food store and it's yes! so strange <laughs> and yeah. you know one of the things that made me realize that my current and hopefully forever partner is the one is that we went on holiday together i want to go to a health food store and he was like yeah sure come on let's do it and i was just like, like oh my god he's, he's the, the one he's the one <laughs> brilliant i love it and then anytime we travel he knows and so before I even say anything he just goes like our last holiday I couldn't believe he was like here's the list of health food stores that I found in the cities we're traveling to brilliant I was just like I couldn't oh, shut would, my would mouth marry, for Would you marry me now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just like oh my god, this oh, never happened it. to me. And it. then he would go and find okay, so there's a raw vegan restaurant here. There's a vegetarian place there. So which one do you prefer today? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I love it. That's so good. Do you know? Yeah, I know. No, I have it's a, a simple things in life. Yeah, it's a I simple know. thing. But yeah, no, it is. It's, there's a smell for me in another health food store, which I just don't get, obviously, in here. It's just, you don't smell your own shop. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I'm so glad I'm not the only one who does this. So, do you know what? I know, um, we're, we're, we're a different breed. <laughs> we're, we're the special people. <laughs> it, you know, I, I love the assumption, you know, so again, people walking into a health food store and I suppose maybe I'm quite real with them and at the end of the conference they're like yeah okay and I'm like you expected to walk in here and me to do a dance with some incense sticks right chanting something <laughs> you know and they literally do I think they think that's what it is about health food stores quite and then of course they just laugh and go right okay obviously you're not that person then. <laughs> don't get me wrong as much as I love to dance around <laughs> with incense sticks but yeah no it's just this um I suppose an illusion of a health food store but yeah no, it's um, <laughs> It's a fun place to be, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I've had some weird requests over the years. Um, I think one of the most random was his, oh God, I'm going to get this so wrong because I don't, the terminology, but his frogs had had tadpoles and they were albino and had I anything that might help to turn them non-albino? <laughs> honestly. And I, I actually would give him a high five for the quirkiest request in a health food shop ever. I mean, I should write a book at some point because... the, the what? It, uh, Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. Are you a pet store? Oh, oh, you have no idea. I get all sorts of requests. But yeah, again, that's why I love it. Sometimes I have to cover the phone and, and have a laugh, you know. But yeah, it's um, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, there you go. Uh, see, this is another thing. I just, I just love the fact that when you work in a health food store, like you literally, you laugh all the time. Like it doesn't matter how busy it gets, how sometimes frustrated and stressful. Like you get all sorts of crazy stuff happening. Like, and a, a oh, delivery gets delayed by two days, and then you're oh, waiting yeah. on half the stores empty, and and you're tearing your hair out. But then somebody comes in and makes you laugh, and oh, it's yeah, all better. That, that's, I mean, half the time in here. The girls and I, we, we belly laugh every day. I mean, the tears are tripping me three or four times a day. If it's one of us jumping out of a box to scare us, you know what I mean? We, we get tedious. We get really stupid. <laughs> At times, I've been known to talk to Mr. Vitamin C and Dr. Echinacea and have a dance with Henry the Hoover. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I spend a lot of time here. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you just got to keep it lighthearted because, you know, I do remember when I worked in the clinic with Jan de Vries, I mean, we, we had all like really terrible stories, terminally ill kids. And I mean, I had to come home and really absorbed it. Um, and I remember Jan having to, I mean, being in tears nearly as the person's there and just not being able to handle it. And him saying to me, look, you know, if you want a career in this, you're going to have to suck it, not suck it up, but just it, don't absorb it. Put your protections on, you know, try to not that it's not that you don't care, but you can't you can't absorb all that energy you have to be the stronger person and I must say I'll never forget that and I do there's times you know when customer walks I'll come down here and blub my eyes out because I know it's a real sad case but yeah you have to be prepared for anything to walk through the door um at any time and yeah you just deal with it 80% of the time it's fun yeah. <laughs> See, I was going to ask you um how, how you deal with all the stress of running your own business and and, and all the shop madness and this is probably it, it, it yeah it's it, it's literally talking to people and being honest with customers and as i say paul is great it's such support at home um yeah and i think you just learn you just learn it's been i've been in the trade now what 25 years so you you learn it's just experience yeah and i i'm very lucky that if if when i get my holiday <laughs> not this year <laughs> i've learned that when i lock that door i go away for a week and i i you know i 
think the shop will still be there. My mum, God rest her soul, she would always say, the shop will always be there, the shop will be there tomorrow. And it's true, you know, the shop's not going to fall down. If I need to close for a day for, for some reason, then that's what I've learned to do. Whereas at the beginning, I mean, I'd have been here at seven o'clock on Christmas Eve going, but somebody might need some vitamin C, Paul. And he's like, we need to leave. You know, I was, whereas now I'm a bit right, okay enough's enough I need to just I have my family and I gotta do my thing as well so yeah no I, I think it's just experience I've, I've learned over the time to not take it on board and just brush it off and try to let it go yeah see how much do you let your customers shape the store with their requests and suggestions and yeah no quite, yeah quite a bit yeah I mean <laughs> funny enough yesterday I opened the fridge and I, I smelt kimchi and I thought I know my customers love kimchi but I hate the stuff and I might make an executive decision never to sell it again because it stinks <laughs> but no um yeah no I, I get often customer customer requests and I yeah I take their lead I, I I I'll bring new products in if it doesn't sell it doesn't sell it doesn't come back in again um if it sells or somebody requests it then fine I'll get a lot of people coming in with their range and I'll say look leave it with me sale or return I'll put it on the shelf if it sells great we'll bring it back and that's just what you've got to do you can't you have to just take chances sometimes but yeah I would get a lot of customer requests um for things and I just go with it and yeah it, it seems to always work out you got to keep chopping and changing and the great thing with health food store is you can sell anything from incense sticks to vegan cheese to it is you know you can diversify so much um we just sell books for instance you know we just don't sell books anymore um so yeah no it's yeah customers have a big input on what i do yeah so you with the vegan stuff do you find it sometimes difficult to educate people on the because i do remember like when you have massive vegan boom happened and then everybody was coming in buying tons and tons of like tofu and soy products uh, to the point when you actually had to tell them you know eating soy every isn't, day isn't actually that good actually not that great for you <laughs> yes there was a lot of that um as well people weren't educated and it was a bit of a trend i think for a while but no i mean i i it was a real life choice for people more so than i've ever seen a trend i don't want to call it that because yeah. it's not but it definitely and it's still a huge thing and it's um it's more so boom from the business point of view but from the way i talk about it it's really big boom for companies yeah. you know bringing yeah. out vegan products well of course everyone jumped on the bandwagon yeah. as, as well you know and then of course it's, a lot of it as you know is um it's not great it's ultra it's processed, processed and, and all that sort of thing of sugar and stuff. i mean i said my kids both are pretty much naturally vegetarian because meat actually physically repulses them. So if I was to hand Amy a pretend burger, she'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Whereas in all fairness to a vegan, if they really, really miss meat and they're doing this for, you know, hands up to you because that that's massive willpower and fair play. But yes, as you say, a lot of it is more processed. Um, See, sometimes I out of interest when I walk in a supermarket and every pretty much every supermarket now has a vegan and vegetarian yeah. dedicated section. And you walk into the vegan section and you look at the fake meats and fake yeah. cheeses and you look at the ingredients. Sometimes I just look at it and go, Jesus Christ. Like, honestly, you look at the ingredients. Yeah. If you are going to eat this, I mean... Yeah, I know. <laughs> if you're not doing it for ethical reasons, then you, you would better eat a bit of chicken. <laughs> Honestly, you exactly. Would be, yeah. You better walk into your local butcher and buy a and piece buy, of steak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like no, I know is... the amount twenty ingredients for whatever. Yeah, no, it is. You and find half of the ingredients are synthetic and ultra processed. I what know. What is this stuff? 
I know. Well, we had a massive... Um, I mean, at one point I was thinking of getting rid of my fridge and freezer, I suppose, maybe five years ago. I was thinking, this just isn't really doing very much. And then all of a sudden, the vegan boom, and I couldn't keep the, the fridge filled. And then I think it was sort of about two years ago, in January, all of a sudden, <clears throat> um, Sainsbury's, you know, all the big supermarkets brought out their own range, and it was all of a sudden my fridge was left nobody ever came in again and it was like oh you're supposed to support your local you know and I, I get it because it's convenience and you know if more and more people are doing it for health benefits then fine go for it you know but yeah it's um that it's it's an interesting one yeah what i am actually surprised by is quite how many content companies manage to bring out it's usually small companies manage to bring out a lot of really good quality fermented products yes including uh, vegan yogurts mm-hmm. that maybe have only three ingredients in yes, them and yeah. are really yeah. really good quality yeah um that's such a great thing, thing. i'm I really know, surprised by it and, uh, yeah well i know i mean it's finnebrogue you know we're building that big factory um was it down patrick they're spending millions on a vegan factory really yeah yes, yeah yeah you know how they done a vegan range but a lot of people didn't like it because it was made in the factory and you know with the meat products and so on so they're building a, a factory specifically for vegan food oh, wow. which is great created so many hundreds of jobs in northern ireland yeah no i know so it, it it's good but yeah plant-based i think is is the way to go keep it sort of to yeah. you, you know but what do you do you can't preach to everyone <laughs> see i um one of the things i really really like is that people, um, I don't know if you do it in Yorkshire, but um, uh, sometimes people use the store as a job for starters. Oh, like yes, we would yeah. have people coming oh, in, yeah, even I'm, like I'm a fungus, fermenting starter. I'm the fungus some... foster mother. Oh, are you? <laughs> yeah. Did you not know this? No. <laughs> yeah, the fungus foster mother. Um, we have, yeah, scobies, we kefir, water grains, um, anything. Yeah, we pass sardo starter. Yeah, so I haven't got any at the moment, but yeah, we always do. Because my, yeah. my, my sister-in-law, because I put the photograph of the scobies, which aren't very pleasant looking, and she phoned They are on. really disgusting what looking What is things. that? You're putting it on, and I'm like, it's a scoby. Um, so yes, no, we do, we do, we pass them on, and um, we, yeah. But then our fridge broke down, of course, last week, so we've just got it repaired. So no, it never rains, but it pours. But yeah, no, the fungus foster mother. <laughs> I know that's Blo- a really strange title. Isn't it? Yeah, don't put that on your business card. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I'm guessing I'm not gonna get a recipe out of you. <laughs> since I, you don't no, cook. <laughs> no. Honestly, it would be pointless. I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I could blag and tell you that I make the most amazing things, but I don't. But maybe because we're still in the middle of a second wave, probably yeah. of a pandemic, and, yes. and we're approaching winter, so yeah. the seasonal flus are um, probably right outside the door. Yeah. Um, would you have um, maybe top three top tips uh, for people on how to remain healthy and keep their immune system strong for the winter? Yeah, well, well supplement-wise, I suppose. I mean, they're talking about the vitamin D, C and zinc. They're the big things for, for immune system. I think even the media are coming out and admitting that. Certainly some herbs, echinacea, elderberry, those types of things. Keep calm, stress stress is a huge thing it really is just keep calm and keep breathing and the other thing is I suppose exercise and just get out in the fresh air 
um, and good gut health. So eating, I mean, I did make a soup the other day, which was <laughs> turmeric, turmeric, and it was a cold away soup, I suppose. And it was just, you know, all those warm and pungent herbs are just like a, think of it as a hot water bottle inside, warm your inside up and, and you'll be good. Yeah, that's my main, my main things. There, there are a number of herbs and immune complexes out there and so on. But I think just stress is one of the major, major things that, um, is a major problem that will lower your immune system so turn off the news stop listening to the media and breathe oh what a great way to end this podcast <laughs> thank you very you much no problem <laughs> that was another great chat with another great guest if you live in or near Belfast or if you are ever visiting you can find Nature's Way at number 305 on the Upper Newton Arts Road and you can follow the store on social media. Um, Jackie gave us some really great tips on how to stay healthy and recipe is left to me this time around so I'm going with curried chickpeas and um, it is one of those hot pot dishes that are comforting and heartwarming and great for winter. Plus, you can chuck literally whatever seasonal veg you currently have in the fridge and it's really great for veggie leftovers. Um, you don't have to stick to the recipe. You can simply modify it based on what you have in the kitchen and it rarely doesn't work out. I don't normally eat chickpeas too much because of my FODMAP issues, but um, I do keep it in the diet in low quantities because if you want to stick to plant-based, um, it is a great source of many important nutrients. Um, I personally keep my servings to 40 to 50 grams of chickpeas per meal. That works for me if you have similar issues with FODMAPs if you have IBS or if you have any other digestive disorders or simply have issues with legumes, you may be a little bit different to me. Um, you might require a lower serving or you can get away with much higher one. It really depends on personal. One thing I would do if you do have issues digesting this is soak chickpeas overnight it really makes a huge difference and I also tend to cook it uh, cook it with kombu seaweed I really don't know how that properly works but it simply does now what you need finally we got to the ingredients part yay um <laughs> what you need is about 250 grams of dried chickpeas uh 20 grams of coconut oil you can use another oil, but because I use um, coconut milk in this um, for the flavor, you might want to use coconut oil if you have it. Uh, but if you use another oil, I mean, it's not going to make a huge difference. Use one large onion. Again, if you have IBS or FODMAP issues or anything like that, um, you can substitute with the dark green leek leaves. Um, two medium garlic cloves, again with any kind of IBS issues you might want to leave it out. One and a half inch of fresh ginger root, um, two teaspoons of turmeric powder, one teaspoon of cinnamon powder, half a teaspoon of ground cardamom, half a teaspoon of ground mustard seeds, about quarter to half teaspoon cayenne pepper, but if you like really spicy you can whack in a lot more than that. Um, quarter of a teaspoon nutmeg, quarter of a teaspoon paprika, about quarter of a teaspoon ground cloves, 
to be honest I usually use a lot more than that if you like spicy just play with the ratios and then one medium carrot about 200 grams of butternut squash which is probably one really tiny squash or half um, a medium or large one about three large stalks of celery Again, any FODMAP issues, you might not want to use celery. Um, Use something else, maybe green pepper or something. It has a very similar texture. Um, One baby leek, again for IBS, use just the green bits. And half a medium red bell pepper. You can use a lot more than that, I generally do. Um, Then some salt and pepper for seasoning. Uh, 200 grams of spinach leaves, which is pretty much one bag of spinach leaves, about two handfuls of fresh parsley. Um, you can get away with coriander um, or any other, if you have lovage, like lovage is a fantastic herb. It tastes like curry leaves, and but it's really strong. So if you do not like strong curry flavors, don't use lovage. Um, and then one small courgette and about 150 to 200 ml of coconut kefir if you have kefir if you don't have kefir just milk will do and three to four sticks of kombu seaweed Uh, this is optional if you want to use slow cooker and um, you want to pre-cook the chickpeas in kombu for easier digestion and then it's pretty easy Um, you I I do suggest you soak the chickpeas overnight um, for easier digestion and if you are using slow cooker in the morning, um, cook the chickpeas with one to two combo strips. In the meantime, wash and chop all your vegetables and place them in your slow cooker. Apart from the courgette, um, the courgette releases a lot of water and you don't want this to be too watery. Um, add slightly melted coconut oil or whatever oil you're using and all the spices with the minced garlic and mix it all together until all the veg are nicely coated in the spice mixture. Add in the drained and rinsed chickpeas and uh, put in one or two combo strips. Again, this is totally optional, but if you're you if you don't have veggie stock, uh, the combo strips actually sort of create um, like a veggie stock. I find you take them out when it's cooked and I find that it doesn't add too much CVD taste. But if you are worried about that, don't put it in. And then season it all with salt and pepper, as much or as little as you like, and cover it with a bit of water and cook it at the lowest setting for nine hours. And then approximately for the last hour of its cooking time, you add the chopped courgette. Um, If you do have a pressure cooker, you simply put everything in the pot, mix it in until everything's coated um, in the spices and cook it for 15 minutes on high pressure or follow your pressure cooker instructions. You can either use the combo sticks and water um, or some homemade vegetable stock if you have any and use only enough liquid to cook the chickpeas. And when it's all cooked, you add in the chopped spinach and parsley and adjust the seasoning if needed and just mix in the coconut milk or kefir and let it sit for a little while to absorb the flavors. If it turns out too thin, uh, more like soup than stew, I mean it's fine with me but sometimes you are looking for that kind of thick stewy texture, um, you can add some mashed squash or um, cooked um, sweet potato mash 
or sometimes I would use psyllium husks or um, arrowroot to thicken. Um, so you can do that. But if you're really careful with how much liquid you're using, it should turn out fine. And um, talking about food and recipes this week, um, our charity cookbook is uh, nearly done but not just quite finished yet. And hopefully it will be announced on the next podcast. But since I have no proofreaders, it is taking quite a while. And I don't know how it's happening, but the damn typos just keep multiplying. It's like you remove one and 10 more will appear. I don't know where they're all coming from. Um, So in the meantime... I mean, the internet is full of recipes and we have loads of recipes on our Facebook page. But in the meantime, um, you can still purchase the Sweet Spud official cookbook with plant-based, vegan, celiac and diabetic-friendly recipes. It is available in Belfast um, from Eatwell on Lisbon Road, from Hydro Ease in Dundonald. Actually, if you are regular at Hydro Ease, uh, then the book can be purchased there. You can also get it from Azura Co-op or Umberline Preserves. And if you are not in Belfast and can't get to any of these places, you can also email thesweetspud at gmail.com or message me on social media to order. The book is £10 and postage within the UK is free. And there is still time for postal orders if this is Christmas present. But I wouldn't leave it too late because the Christmas post is bad enough, never mind pandemic. And that is really it for this time. If you liked this podcast or any other of our episodes, please leave us a review or rating on whichever platform you use because those reviews really help us massively. It helps us get matched with the right audience and it helps listeners to navigate through the jungle of content that is out there. And I really do thank you to those who have already left us a few lines. It does not go unappreciated. Um, Have a lovely couple of weeks. Turn off the news for a while and remember to breathe. And whatever you do, stay healthy. Until next time. As every week, your host is myself, Susanna from The Sweet Spot. Music by Mark J. Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan. Thank you for listening.